Hey, profs. Welcome on in. My name's Rob Lightfoot, proud two-time alum of Rick Edelman College of Communication, class of 2000-2001. This is Beyond the Brown and Gold. I'm Jessica Kennedy. I'm the co-host here, also a two-time proud Rowan alum, class of 2008 from the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts, and 2015 from the College of Education. Thanks so much for joining us today. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM presents Beyond the Brown and Gold, a show that highlights the lives and memories of Glassboro State and Rowan University alumni. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Lightfoot and Jessica Kennedy. Jess, are you ready to get tech savvy today? More than ever. I thought that's what your face looked like. <laughs> You're ready to get tech savvy. Absolutely. So today we've got a, we got a tech guy. We got Joe Wagner. Uh, I'd like to call him Wags if I could. We'll, You'll hear more about that. Yeah, we'll explain. Rob's not allowed to call him Wags. I'm not allowed, but he's an 04 alum with a BS in computer science. And he has over 20 years professional experience in enterprise environments, currently works for Vanguard. We talk about all kinds of things. We don't talk finances. We no. talk computer science. We talk, ready for this? What? This is what's going to get the listeners. We talk chat GPT. We do. We, we talk, talk AI. AI. We right? talk jujitsu. Is that coding language? No, that's actually like a sport. <laughs> that's hard to say. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually said that out you loud before. It. Wow. Look at me. I'm a good communicator. We did like Joe, and he was great. And he visited us on campus. He's not that far away, but we hope to get him back. He has some daughters that we're going to try to tour around this campus. You'll hear all about Joe and Joe's journey on Beyond the Brown and Gold. Joe, thank you so much. Do you go by Joe or yeah, Joseph? Yeah, Joe's good. You know your bio says Joseph. Oh, so I apologize. Do you like professionally if people call you Joseph? We have a lot of guests that are like, I go by Joe if you know In me. In the professional world. Yeah. But only Joseph. No, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty informal. My uh, my my team at work calls me Wags. Um, Wags. One Wags. Of, so one of, one of the fellows on the uh, on the team, his last name is Turbovich, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he his like nickname. Everyone calls him Turbo. <laughs> so he's you know he's trying to assign other last name based nicknames. That's like that's uh, nice. As they, as they make sense. Would you like us so. to call you Wags? No, no, no. Joe's okay, good. Joe. Uh, I kind of want to be called Turbo. Push, push the limit there. Yeah. Yeah. Push the limit there. You <laughs> see this? He said he's no like, Wags. No, we don't know each other. Joe's good. Yeah, Joe's good. Maybe by the end of the interview. Yeah, we don't know each other. We'll our own cute nickname. I, for I, you. I just accept. I just accept Waggy's from Turbos because he's like he's he's that dude who knows everything. So yeah. you have to. You know, That's fair uh, enough. That's fair enough. You know, How long have you been with working with Turbos? <laughs> uh, Turbo. Uh, you know, so like about three years now. I, I, years. I moved to my new role uh, over at Vanguard, uh, like right in the start of the pandemic in 2020. Oh, so, what a fun yeah. time to start a new oh, job. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a blast. It was good. I mean, I, yeah, I never actually, like, met my new team when we first started. Like, I, I shifted over to that role, and then, like, the next week it was like, hey, everybody stay home. Two weeks. Oh, okay, cool, man. We can do two weeks. Then, <laughs> That's what we thought, know, two we weeks. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it was like, right, when did we do? even come back? I don't know. Are, are we are back we back? Yet? I don't even know we're back yet. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't, I don't know either. we are. Well, thank you for coming back yeah, and thanks for having being me. in studio with us. So where did you come from today? You're, we were just talking you're not too far from here. Sure, yeah, yeah. I live over in Mickleton, which is, you know, kind of the Malka Hill area. So about, about 10, 15 minutes away. Not not too far. And, you know, I grew up in South Jersey. So it's uh, it's all pretty familiar territory. Did you hear about Rowan through your South Jersey roots, or did you have any family or friends that came through? I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, I feel like I mean, I, you know, Rowan's a pretty big presence around here. You know, even even before it was Rowan, like when I was a kid, you know, it was Glassboro. It's, you know, people are pretty aware of it. So um, I want to say, like, you know, I kind of just always knew it was an option here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when it came time for college, and you know, I looked around, and and uh, the engineering program here was pretty good. It's computer science and engineering. So uh, 
you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, it's, it's close. I can, I can commute. I, I ended up, you know, I, I was a commuter student and, uh, it helped me, you know, kind of, you know, get my feet under me without, you know, going away and taking like $500,000 of debt. You know? Now, so that's a smart way to look yeah. at it though, because oftentimes that's not a, a thought for some students. Cause oftentimes the ones that live close are like, you know, it's too close. They'll want to go mom and mm -hmm. dad are close by. Yeah. Want to kind of go a little bit further away. Was that ever a consideration for you? I mean, you know, as a kid, of course, you're always like, hey, I'd like to go away and, and do whatever. But like, I, we, I didn't grow up with a whole lot of money. So, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like uh, I'm going to, you know, fly away and yep. you know, go live in Phoenix or something and, mm -hmm. and, and do all that. So, yeah, it was, you know, it was never really a serious consideration to go too far. So let's go that. back to Little Joe. What did uh, Little Joe want to do? <laughs> now right? we call him Little Joe. Is that well, well, nickname, I was going to call him Wags, but he's already established <laughs> that that's not we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 Little Joe's OK, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure when I narrowed down what exactly I wanted to do. So when I was going through uh, high school and probably a little before I actually wanted to be a cop right so I I, I was thinking about being like a state trooper I could see and, being a state trooper yeah yeah I, I was I was I was interested in doing that and so the, the whole reason I got into computer science was from that so I, between my I guess it was junior and senior year of high school uh, the state police in New Jersey do like a trooper youth week so you go up you actually live at the academy for a week you have like a trooper mentor you you know do all the PT stuff and the classes and, and and all that jazz and uh, my trooper mentor told his 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 guys that he had, um, you know, when you go away to college, when you get ready to go to college here in a year, don't do criminal justice. Like everybody shows up here and they've got like criminal justice degrees. And we're like, we don't really need that. Bring something else to the table. So I was thinking about what else I was into. I was always, you know, into video games and stuff growing up. So I was like, oh, you know, computer science, let me, let me try that out and, so and see how that goes. So yeah. So I ended up going into, uh, into, you know, computer science as a major, stuck with that all four years and, and then ended up not going into the police, but getting into IT. So how did you even think about becoming a police officer? I feel like that's like, I have a little one and he's dreams of being a firefighter. And I think eventually that's like that kid thing. But yeah. to have maintained that all through high school, did you have family members that were? No, no, nobody that was, you know, really into uh, in, into that work. I guess it stems from, you know, you, you want to be helpful and kind of make an impact or whatever, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of how I ended up doing that. Actually, I was a firefighter while I was going to school here. I was a volunteer that. firefighter. Do you have any um, local fire trucks we can explore? <laughs> no, 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 not active uh, you anymore. You see it out front? Yeah. Oh, you didn't drive it in today? Okay, it's it's, it's a little rough in traffic. How uh, long did you do that for? Uh, so as soon as I was able to, uh, once I turned 18, you know, I signed up. It was, you know, the Hopewell Stowe Creek Fire Department down there uh, in South Jersey. And, um, you know, did that like all four years that I went to college here. And a little afterwards, with like trying to start a career afterwards, it kind of became too much to to continue to do that. But yeah, I did that all four years that I was here. And so it was still that, that continuation of like, you know, wanting to help and, and kind of do a, do a thing. And I don't know if maybe it kind of helped scratch that itch a little bit, which is why I wasn't as focused on the police. I mean, th that's a whole long story too. And you know, you get busy with like a girlfriend and whatever, mm -hmm. and then you're like, ah, well, you know, maybe I want to do something else. And yeah, so that's a, it's a, it's a, that's a long story. Now let's go to college Joe. We did right. little Joe and let's go to college Joe. <laughs> right. from Tell us about Joe your time college. on campus here. Were you active in any, uh, different organizations on campus? Or um, I, I can't remember the name. It was it the computer science guild or whatever. I, yeah. you know, I, I did that a little bit. I mean, it, it was because it was, uh, you know, I was a commuter and I was working like nearly full time. So I, I worked for GameStop in the Cumberland Mall. Mm -hmm. Shout out. All right. Um, so uh, I worked for them while I was coming here uh, full time and like nearly full time, like 35 hours a week, like, like whatever the whatever the maximum they could kind of book you for and not sure. call you a full time employee. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I did. <laughs> um, so it was a, it was a lot of like drive up here, you know, hit, hit classes, drive down to work, work to like 10, go home, do whatever homework you kind of had to do and then, you know, back and do it the next day and occasionally mix in with like being at a fire till two o'clock in the morning. Wow. So. 
Um, yeah, so it, it was pretty busy. Um, so I wasn't like too active on campus. I had a couple of friends that came here though, so we, we'd meet up and hang out. I, I used, you know, would try to hit the gym a lot and uh, take advantage of the nice gym that was on campus. So, As a commuter student, did you have an, a parking strategy? Uh, just <laughs> look for anything that was open. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess they they got like nice big lots now in the back of the uh, campus over there. Um, but yeah, those didn't exist Even when I was coming here. Even parking garages. Yeah, know, it's fancy. Pretty yeah, fancy. They didn't have that in my day. Yeah. I had to look for you know like a, a Pegasus or something to fly over the open <laughs> spot. Yeah, for sure, man. So yeah, that, that was back. that was the thing, right? Yeah, you had to kind of just drive around until yeah. you found a spot because the pterodactyl. I, yeah, I think I think the stat was like when I was here, it was like there was like four cars to every one parking space that was available. So <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was bad. It was yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. It's it, perfect. You end up fighting it out. So I'm curious because your field has evolved so much every year. Yeah. And I imagine that the curriculum and the homework now for this particular computer science program looks much different than what you did as a communications student myself who was here just playing with this stuff. What was some of your homework back then? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, well, it was, it was a lot of coding, right? Coding? I mean, yeah, so, I, I mean. I guess that so, didn't change, I guess, some of that. Yeah, a lot of coding projects um, and just kind of coming up to speed on, on technology and everything. And it's funny because like, when you're here doing it, you're like, eh, I mean, I don't know how much this is helpful or whatever. But then, you know, you get out into the world and it's not the coding per se that yeah. was the valuable part. It was the developing the critical thinking and the, and the ability to solve problems. Like my whole career path um, was really not traditional of from what I thought. Like when I was here as a student, I was like, oh, I don't know, what does what a career in IT look like in computer science? Like you just go and you sit down and you code eight hours a day. and But like that was not at all my, my career experience. You know, I, I got done here, you know, you build those problem solving skills, you, you build that ability to kind of like figure out the new thing and adapt pretty quickly. And which is great because it set me up coming out of school. I, I worked as, a, as an implementation consultant. So I was like systems engineering style work and, you know, hey, this thing is broken. We don't know why it broke, but you need to fix it because if not, it's a problem. Um, so you go and you, you figure all that out and you, you really use those skills that you built. And you know, some of the language stuff comes in handy. Like, okay, I can crack open code and, and read it and understand what's going on, but it wasn't necessarily, I want to sit down and just code all day, which is good because that was not really my thing. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine sitting at a desk and doing the same thing all day. So any professors on campus that really kind of helped you, you through your, your time? Yeah, I mean, I, there was a few. Uh, Dr. Balaga was uh, one of my, it was funny, he was a, a real, like a, a kind of a, a dual professor. He was actually one of my least favorite professors to have as a teacher for a class mm. because he was very difficult. Um, like he, he, was, he, was, he was tough on us, right? Um, but out of out of like having him like direct the class, he was by far my, my favorite professor to have. He's very, he very personable, you know, really, really easy to get along with, had great insights for things, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, his wife at the time, Dr. Lobo, was, uh, was, was great too. Um, she was also pretty tough on you uh, as a student coming in. But uh, yeah, all, all those folks. I mean, the, the whole the whole CS faculty was pretty good. So what did you do in your spare time? Just go to the rec center besides GameStop? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, so uh, a lot of times the way, you know, the classes lined up, it would be like, you know, you come, you have like a nine o'clock, uh, nine o'clock lab or something where you were there till like, you know, 11. And then you had a big gap um, where like the next class wasn't until two. So yeah, I'd go hit, you know, go hit the gym. Um, sometimes I'd blow off the gym though and go hang out with some friends but yeah you know <laughs> that's it, fair it was, that's what everybody should do yeah. right yeah for sure so tell us about your current position and what a day in the life looks like yeah sure um because i have no concept of what it means to do what you do 
All right, very cool. Uh, I'll, I'll see <laughs> if I can I. explain it. So, oh, clearly, Rob's <laughs> Rob doesn't even know how to fix his own. No, phone, I, so. I give my I give my stuff to people like you. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, so uh, so I'm a cloud architect for Vanguard, the the financial services company, and uh, I mean my, my official title is like domain architect, cloud specialist, which doesn't mean a whole lot. It's a long you know? business card. But yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. right. But but cloud architect kind of simplifies the uh, the title there. And basically, in my role, so I, we you know we have various subdivisions um, that kind of break up because Vanguard is a very large company. Even just the IT part of Vanguard's a very large uh, company. So we have different subdivisions that are responsible for different things. I uh, am lucky enough to sit in the the CTO or Chief Technology Office uh, subdivision. And so my team is on the hook to help all of the other application teams around the company uh, with their like modernization journey, which basically means like, you know, kind of taking uh, older technologies or o- older software, you know, code bases or whatever, and, and making sure that they're kind of taking advantage of the, the more modern way to do things. And in enterprise IT, these days, that means cloud. So um, you know, not a lot of companies uh, these days are wasting money with buying, you know, on-prem hardware, setting up networks, having staffing for all of that, um, you know, paying all those bills to run their own data centers. Everyone's kind of pushing everything into the public cloud. So uh, there's a couple of big providers in the U.S., AWS, uh, Google for Google Cloud, and Microsoft Azure. Um, so those are like the three big ones. So any company you can think of, they're probably running most of their infrastructure on one of those providers at this point. Um, so Can we talk about the cloud? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, cloud, it's cloudy out. It is hazy out. You know, the cloud as like a concept, like you're sending your stuff to the cloud. Mm. I know I should know this because how long have I been using a cloud, an Apple cloud? For? I know, but like, we don't have hey, to know what a cloud is. Yeah, though, but like, we? what is it? Like, I don't yeah, like explain We got it. the guy here. Boy. <laughs> I don't know. Tell me like in layman's terms, like what does it mean, the cloud system? Uh, I mean, it, it's basically just a way to kind of obfuscate all of that all of the hardware side of computing away from, you know, companies or individuals trying to use it. So you've got uh, these cloud providers and instead of, you know, Vanguard, for instance, having to go and buy, you know, thousands or hundreds of servers that sit in racks at a data center that we own, uh, all that stuff is done by a provider uh, like AWS who that's what they focus on, right? So they can do it a lot better and they can do it at scale um, for a lot cheaper than a whole bunch of individual companies all doing that uh, and trying to, you know, manage their own data centers and, and all that stuff. So it's just, it's just, it's just computing that is, you know, not managed by you. Like you're not responsible for managing the hardware. Sometimes the software layer. There's a, there's a bunch of different um, types of cloud, which I don't know if you all want to get into. It's a, a little boring, but you know, there's like. <laughs> I'm, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> so, like in theory, is a cloud. Like you're saying Vanguard, but like when you work in a cloud-based system, Vanguard doesn't like have all these big data centers where they're, but do the cloud services yeah. have all those? Like, are, do yeah. they just have those things? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so the, so your AWS's, your, your Microsoft Azure's, they, they have the buildings out there that have, you know, all the racks and racks of servers and all the, you know, miles of cabling and mm-hmm. people that staff, you know, to go ahead and make sure they take care of those things and make sure they keep it all running. Um, and so that lets companies like Vanguard focus on things that we do best, which is, you know, build good products for our investors and try to give them the best chance for investment success. That makes sense. Yeah. So are, are you, de- I know, I love, actually I had an info systems class recently and I loved it. Yeah. All about some of this stuff. Yeah, like data because mining it's, and- I mean, I just got a message from Apple, like your cloud is about to get full. You better upgrade to that 999. You have 30,000 mm. pictures of your kids on your phone. And I'm like, <laughs> there you go. is it really costing me extra money to house 
pictures of yeah. my children. Well, somewhere? well, like so to take that as an example, right? So you've got you know what are X number of pictures on your phone. Uh, and then a whole bunch that have got, about gotten offloaded to your phone. Let's you know, if, let's say your you know your phone only has like ten gigs of storage or whatever it has on mm-hmm. it. Um, it's old, so it, it probably it, has yeah. less. <laughs> so so you know you, you need you need storage space to accommodate all of those pictures and videos and whatever else you want to keep. So instead of you buying a phone with a bigger uh, drive in it or offloading it to like a hard drive that you keep at home and external, you're paying Apple to manage a hard drive somewhere out in the cloud that houses all of that data for you. I like how we saying cloud yeah. like in quotes. Because <laughs> yeah. that's how I feel about the cloud. Like cloud, yeah. okay. Yeah, well, cloud. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever cloud. Um, so yeah, so so that, that's a great example right there, right? So you're you're paying a, a, a fee to not have to worry about the hardware end of things. Um, and it, it also gives you better redundancy uh, and ability to recover from failure. So if, if you're storing all that stuff on a hard drive at your house, you know, if you know that hard, hard drive, drive goes put, yeah, yeah, exactly, then, you know, you're kind of, it's, it's gone, right? Well, you know, Apple's got, just rows of probably you know you know thousands and thousands of hard drives or you know what however they stripe their storage and th- that's all you know it's all redundant so if any one of those drives fails uh, you know there's a backup sitting somewhere else on you know uh, on, on a redundant drive and so you don't lose your stuff. Could you see yourself doing anything else besides this? Uh yeah probably yeah um, yeah you know I, I, it's, it's what funny. would that be? Own a gym or something or I've got a, a few different interests um, that I you know. Kind of shy away from IT, so I I, uh, I used to fight. Um, you were asking about the getting punched in the head. Yes, that, that was pre earlier. pre uh, airing that. We, yeah. <laughs> Joe said he's gotten punched in the head. Well, a let's times. can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah sure. Okay, I don't yeah. know that was a thing. Part of like wanting to be a cop uh, when I was kind of going through school and everything. Uh, once I, you know, kind of got out of college and I had a little more free time because I wasn't running all over the place working or doing classes. Um, I got into uh, martial arts. Uh, I. I started out taking something called Aikido, which I wasn't really too, uh, it was kind of impractical. You know, if you know Steven Seagal stuff, you know, it's kind of a little cheesy. Hmm, okay. Um, so I did that for a couple you of years. You grew a ponytail then? You had a ponytail and got good uh, I've always had terrible hair. <laughs> so no, that's, I've been shaving my head since like high school. Cool. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so so I, I did that for a couple of years and then I realized, I was like, yeah, this is not very practical. This is not going to work in a real fight. Um, so I, I went- You were prepping I, for a real fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, prepping or have been in? <laughs> well, no, I was, I, was, I, was, I was a pretty, I was a pretty- Meek, you know, dork uh, when okay. I was growing up. All right, so, all right. but hey, um, too. yeah, well, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, so so I did. Uh, so so I did that for a couple of years, and then realized it wasn't really too effective. Uh, I looked for a place that did Muay Thai. Um, so that's like a Thai Thai boxing or you know kickboxing. Um, so I did that. Met some guys who did like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and did MMA fights. Um, so kind of got pulled into that world. Um, I you know did like about seven fights when I was younger uh, oh. down in Atlantic City and Philadelphia and stuff. Um, and uh, how'd that go with the fam? Uh, well, part of it was pre-family, um, and then once I met my wife, um, she was like, "Stop this nonsense." Well, yeah, I mean, she's certainly not. I like a fan. your nose where it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That, she's actually made exa- that exact comment. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she, you know, she was okay with it because it was, it was a thing that I was doing prior to having met her, so it was kind of like part of the package, right? Um, but yeah, so so I did that for a little while. I think I, yeah, I had like three fights before we got together, and then I had like another four after. Um, nothing like major. It was always this amateur stuff. Um, but you know, I've still kept with it. You can't, you can't really fight. So I'm, I'm going to be 41 here pretty soon. And, uh, you know, after like 32, they start making you get cat scans before they let you fight. And so oh, like at the, wow. at the, at the, the level that I was at, it was, it's not worth like diving into, you know, getting cat scans and paying a bunch of money to just have tests to go get, you know, punched in the face for, you know, a couple hundred bucks. So Isn't it kind of wild how like physical, like athletic type things yeah. you age out at like, you're like 
I mean, like people like retire at like 35. I'm like, what? What do you do the rest of your life? Yeah, you got a long life to live. It's real taxing, man. I mean, I mean, it, it, I mean, all. I mean, it's funny the the gulf between even like really good amateur athletes and like a real professional athlete in terms of like the skill level and the ability. Um, there, you know, so like to 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 op- operate at that level, it's really demanding on your body. Um, and I mean, that's not coming from anyone who ever did professional stuff, but you know, it's uh. I know how much better professionals were than me, so it's like you know, it's it's it's, it's pretty impressive. But yeah, that's, that's why you have like such a kind of a, a short time time and, span to do it. And that's why you've been punched in the head so many times. I'm assuming. Yeah, you get punched okay. a lot <laughs> sparring, getting ready for fights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it was fun. It was a good time. You know, but you know, the, the injuries catch up with you. I, I still, I, I'm still active. I, I still do my jujitsu. I'm, I'm a brown belt in Brazilian jujitsu. Uh, hopefully a black belt at some point. I've been a brown belt for a few years now. Cool. But uh, yeah, like, you know, my knees are shot. My shoulders are messed up. I've had my nose broken like three times. Um, so, you know. How do you but get... it is still where it's supposed to be, so that's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's on your face. It's all good. Yeah. It's on a your little, face, a little right where it needs to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how do you get the next belt? Uh, yeah, I mean, you just it's, it's just a matter of, you know, uh, evolving your skill and making sure that you, you hours you Hours into the program or... Uh, yes and no. I mean, so, so Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a little different than what you think of. Like you think about like karate and uh, like a lot of times, uh, especially in the States, like, like the karate's and like the more traditional martial arts, um, it's usually like you, you, you just go and after a little while they give you another belt, you know, and mm-hmm. it's kind of whatever, but like jujitsu is a little more practical based. Um, you have to really kind of demonstrate that you, that you know what you're doing. Um, the, you can also kind of teach to the level that you're at, uh, and, and help explain things. Um, and I mean, there's, there's a bit of a time element to it, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I think they say like, you know, your average like black belt time in Brazilian jiu-jitsu is like, like 10 to 12 years, um, depending on you know, how, how much you're going and how active you are. But now I'm not into jujitsu, but I do know that there's this move called the crane that I saw in a movie once. Very effective. Okay. Very I just want to make sure. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Don't aware. try it on me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> also sweeping the leg, I think. Sweep the know? leg. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Johnny. Let's go back to your day to day. What does your team look like? How many how many folks are with you? Are you virtual? Are you in person? Just for you know students that might be exploring that degree, what could a, a day in the life look like? For yeah, them? sure. Um, so yeah, so I, I guess to get some of the basics up there. Um, yeah, so we're 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 hybrid now at uh, at Vanguard. Um, so we do like two days of the week, uh, you know, from home, and then three days in the office. That obviously can change depending on the team and the people and you know individual needs. But that's roughly kind of the the outlook for at least the IT side of things. Um, so that's a pretty good setup. I mean, you know, I've, I worked my, all my, most of my career having to go in five days a week. So, you know, I'm happy for a couple of days at home, right? Mm-hmm. My, my local team, about seven or eight of us, I guess, um, made up of like architects and, um, you know, like project managers and stuff. And, um, you know, th- then that like, w- you know, we're one team within, within our subdivision and the subdivision is many, many teams, right? Day to day, uh, like I mentioned, uh, before, fortunately is not like just going in and coding. Now you, you do have to go sometimes sit down at least, you know, as an architect, you go and you, you'll probably code like proof of concept work, right? So, Hey, uh, this team has a problem doing X. Um, what can we go ahead and kind of do to help, uh, enable them to have more success or, or be a little more efficient or whatever. And then you'll sit down and you'll kind of, you know, figure out. Um, what kind of services that you want to use from a given cloud provider to kind of string together a solution that will work for them, maybe code it out a little bit before you actually would hand it off to the actual application team that would then be responsible for implementing like the real deal. Uh, so you still do a little bit of code. Um, and even even prior to like having this architect role, a lot of my work was systems engineering focused. So not go in and sit down and code a thing all the time, but like I mentioned before, hey, this thing is broken. We don't really know why it broke, but you know, figure out why it broke and, and fix it. Uh, a lot of like problem solving, mm-hmm. puzzle solving kind of aspect to it, which that's, you know, one of the areas that kind of 
helped turn me on more to an IT career. You know, it wasn't just go in and do the same thing every day, mm -hmm. but it was, you know, a mix of different things all the time. So it kind of keeps it, keeps it, you know, live for you. You're building your skill base. I mean, one thing that Vanguard's gotten really good at uh, is making sure that we are all like keeping current with our skills and upskilling and making sure we're all, you know, learning. It's great. And they encourage that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they, they really encourage that. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm not traditionally like a, a raw rock company guy. Like mm -hmm. it's not, you know, this is not like in my makeup, but Vanguard's done a pretty good job of like kind of bringing that out in me because they, they are willing to like show that, Hey, we'll invest in our employees. We'll make sure that, you know, you're keeping up to date on your skills, that you feel welcome, that you feel like, you know, you're not overwhelmed all the time. Um, so it, it, it's pretty good like that. I think we need him back to talk to the students here, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just so we can put this in the podcast description and get you know some monster ratings here. Let's talk AI, right? Because sure. it's a big, it's a big thing. Let, let's talk. Rob's about someone that got me using ChatGPT. I don't know because somebody's got me. I kind of love it. it. Don't you like I it? I do. I don't know what it means, but whatever. I, I just know. It, it feels like it cheating, works. but I <laughs> just use it. <laughs> just hey, you, 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 gotta, you have to adapt to the new technology. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Can't, yes. you can't fight it. So let's talk about it, Joe. Sure. Uh, talk about it from a, a your perspective of a, of a tech person. Kind of describe what it is and how your space is kind of seeing this infused in sort of the, the works. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, so, you know, I, I think I mentioned prior to starting recording, generative AI was not a thing that was really like, a major focus a year ago for most kind of you know, enterprise level uh, companies, right? It was a thing that was kind of like on the, you know, hey, we, we're aware of this, uh, you know, this is a trend and, you know, at some point probably in the next five or so years, we'll have to look at it a little deeper and, and see what we can do. And then, you know, over the last year, like it's really exploded and really kind of come to the forefront. But like what fast tracked it? So what, what made it explode? Yeah, like isn't that worrisome also that it was like, oh, five to 10 years from now we have to think about this. And then it was like here. Yeah, well, I mean, toothpaste came out of the tube and nobody was like, all right, I don't yeah. to put that back in. <laughs> well, it makes it tough to adapt for sure, especially like, you know, in any kind of a large enterprise, usually, you know, things are budgeted like way out and, you know, it's not like a... You know, you, 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 one of the things you lose with being a larger company is you lose a little bit of that, you know, nimbleness. I mean, we try to do our best to make sure that we we keep that. That's one of the reasons we're like kind of, you know, organized the way we are as a company because it keeps things feeling small company-ish. But yeah, I mean, you know, you, you definitely, it does make it hard to kind of keep up and adapt uh, a little bit. But as far as like what made it explode, I, you know, I can't, I, I'm not really sure. I, I'm not, I, I wasn't really too, you know, in tune with it. Like emerging technology is not necessarily like in my lane. Um, but, you know, I, I know it got really popular when, I guess it was um, like their uh, Gen, I, Gen AI Model 3 came out from, from ChatGPT. So OpenAI put out like a new model that I guess was a lot more competent than in the past. And that really kind of brought it where people were like, oh, hey, I can, I can actually interact and do stuff with this. And I think they also, I think it's only relatively recently that they've made it like available to the public at, at large um so well, that's the thing it's like you sign up and you don't have to pay anything it's like so accessible and i'm like where's the like well there's well, gotta be well, well, they're, well they're using you to train it right oh, okay. like, like, so oh, so that's that's that, that's the trade-off <laughs> yeah i like what? that yeah I am. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna give it some crap then <laughs> there you go yeah so so that's the trade-off right that, that's why it's free it's because um you know interacting with with people uh you know interacting with with the public that helps train their models so that, that's how they they make it better and they make it smarter and able to tackle more is they open up the training to a broader subset of people and inquiries and problems that it's you know asked to solve and those sorts of things and, and can it be industry specific so like a vanguard or say like a, a travel website 
can they have their own sort of AI pieces that are learning from the different customers so they can tailor their products to? Yeah, well, so I mean, AI has been around for a long time, right? I mean, generative AI is 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 new on the block, but I mean, I mean, Jess and I, Jess and I knew about that. Uh, well, Go ahead. Yeah. I'm gonna like say how I didn't know okay, about that. Okay, sorry. What is What's the difference? What's generative? When you say that, what does that mean? So, so you know, the things that you're talking about, like ChatGPT, is what's referred to as generative AI, okay. and that's basically so this this AI model can create content like whole wholly out of nothing. It, it can it can create new content as opposed to uh, traditional AI is where you know you train you train models on data sets, and so it can use those data sets to then um, give you. Uh, information back or, or results on things uh, or, or predictions based on trends, but it can't, you know, it can't write you a poem like ChatGPT can right. just out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I mean, it's I mean, not it's, nothing. I'm giving it some content. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, you're, so, doing, you're doing about that much work. Uh, yeah. 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 So, so that, that's the main difference between those things. So, yeah, I mean, companies have been using AI for a long time now. You know, even if you, you know, years ago, you know, you hop on a, a site and you have a little chat bot that pops up yep. and wants to kind of prompt you for things. Like that was that was that was AI driven. I mean, I, I worked on um, some chatbots back in my my past um, you know roles, and um, you know they, they were much more rudimentary versions of like what a ChatGPT is. But you know, same same principle. It was, it was still AI. It was still like training things on a data set so that it would you know it, it could competently answer questions or or give you you know information that you requested. But in addition to text, now there's also AI for design, right? yep. graphic design. We were talking about off air. There's even now some radio stations that are using it because they're using some of the AI to, to be on air hosts. Oh wow! So to say, it was Wait, like there's like they're not real people. Nope. Wow. They're just. It was hard enough all, to get a job in radio, and now it's even harder. That's how I ended up in. But the, where we are, we're on the po- <laughs> we're in podcast land and in radio land. Right? Well, that's but, true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, but so there's, there's it's, it's crossing different industries, which is kind yeah, of yeah. unique to kind yeah. of see how this is all gonna. But also how it's going to change the skill sets that everybody has to come to market yep. with, right? And how we all kind of like evolve and adapt, and to your point, professionally develop yeah, uh, skills to sure. stay relevant in, in different fields. You were in London town. Yep. Uh, Rob talks about London on like every other. <laughs> every <topic>. I know. You've <laughs> been to London, and now I've been it's like how I talk days. about Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just love. I love it there. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So the, the the first company that I got hired at coming out of out of Rowan. Um, was a, a startup company based out of London called Jacobs Rimmel. Uh, they were a software company. Uh, we consulted for Comcast over here in the states. That was my big. That was our big customer uh, over here. And um, yeah, I had the uh, privilege to kind of bounce around over there a little bit. Um, you know, I, I met my wife for the first time about a year or so after I started working for that company. It was over in London. Um, Love it. For for work, it was uh, it was London, and then Amsterdam, and then back to London. So I met her over there briefly. Um, and then, uh, you know, a couple of years later, she came this way for a meeting and we kind of hit it off from there. And then, you know, we were fortunate enough that I could go work over in the office over there and kind of spend time with her and vice versa. Did you want to leave London? I'm gonna I mean, it, it, it's a big city, you know, so I mean, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm like I love big cities. Especially I love like cities at night. Like yeah. I love to see like, you know, the Philadelphia lights and everything. But it's not really like an environment I necessarily want to live in. I don't like people like right on top of me. Like I like a, like a little bit of space. I mean, I grew up down in the middle of nowhere. So Bro, you know. I, that being said, how that yeah. doesn't fit you. It seemed to fit you at all. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I'm actually getting anxious as he's talking about it. <laughs> but no, no, I, I just loved the downtown area. Like the whole we stayed. So when when we went there for London, we stayed in Trafalgar Square, like okay, right nice. near there. So it was very 
like a, a really cool spot to kind of move around. Yeah. But there was enough, there was enough space. Like we were, I mean, you, we were at a distance from folks being yeah. in that small spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that did give me a little bit of uh, anxious time was when we first stepped on the tube. Oh, during rush hour. Yeah, man. Like in the morning, they are no joke. They're on that tube yeah, and they in. are really packed in there like sardines. Mm. Like you yep. can't, you can't escape. Yeah. And Derek and I had our luggage on there, so we obviously stood out. Like, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh yeah. boy, these so guys are travelers. It can be, it can be hot down there too, because it's, yeah. it's not like there's airflow. You know what I mean? No. there's not like air conditioning or anything, so it can be hot and a little smelly. You know, yeah. depending on but how did you were crammed in. Did you love London when you were over there? Oh yeah, yeah it's great. I mean, I, the the history is awesome. You know, I mean, the the fact that you know you're walking around and some of the buildings are you know a thousand years old or whatever is it, so cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I enjoy history. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, we're, we're actually going back in August. Um, we're, uh, we're I'm gonna, with we're, you. We're taking the kids. Uh, <laughs> he didn't invite you. No. <laughs> Come on, Wags. Let's go. Uh, sorry, man. Um, I'll, I'll, see, I'll see. I'll see. Still if I, not there. Yet. I'll see if I can get the extra seat. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're heading back for vacation. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna show the kids like you know where the office was cool. and like the pub that you know we, we hung out with and, nice. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it'll be good. And you know, also do all the touristy stuff too. Tell us about your kids. I always love knowing about everybody's kids. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I've got two daughters, fourteen and eleven. Both are turning into their own little people 14 year old is kind of you know firmly a teenager you know so mm-hmm, for all, sure. all the stuff that comes with that and she'll the, come back yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure yeah, <laughs> I, I hope so that's what yeah. that's what i hear i hope yeah. so but and the 11 year old's my little buddy like she actually goes down she does uh jujitsu uh there, there's a kids class before you know i do adult stuff so any um, potential profs Maybe you can push them a little bit. Yeah, maybe. So. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see what they what they're interested. In. My my older girl at the moment has it in her head that she wants to do law. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not entirely sure where she, you know, get, where where a where she got that, and you know, be what her long term plans are. Um, and my little one, I don't think she's quite thought that far ahead yet. Yeah. But uh, for sure, I mean, it's definitely it's high on my list. I mean, it's ten minutes away that they don't have to move away. You know, state school. Keep a good eye yeah, on yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but <laughs> be a you know. commuter student like like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're ten minutes away. You can't beat that. Come on. Um, well, if you ever want them to tour here, we can set you up and just you know this way. It's maybe not like dad touring them. Around, yeah, but do you ever do the downtown? Because the downtown has a lot, like the restaurants and stuff. Yeah, well, we we hit there for dinner a lot. You know, like um, my you know, my wife really likes La Scala, um, so we'll we'll pop in there and you know we'll grab you know dinner from uh, there or like the chickies and pizzas that are there and so yeah well joe we thank you for coming in today we're so great thank you for explaining things like the cloud to us yeah we talked ai so i know i feel i feel feel smarter that though yeah i do too and i feel smarter and it's you know we have a lot of great guests but not every time do i take away yes now i understand something that's been plaguing me for years so we appreciate you coming in today nice yeah anytime you want me back i'm right down the road The good news after this is I, we spent a lot of time talking about the cloud. My apologies. But but you want we all have to get better at it. Well, I want to understand when we're interviewing folks, I really want to understand what they're talking about. I just don't want it to be surface. I want to say, I don't get what you're saying. <laughs> because chances are, if I don't get it, I want, I want other people to know too. The ironic part about this is we're recording this whole thing not in the cloud. Oh, we really? are nowhere near the cloud. Okay, well, Derek, we need to update some technology I know, here. We'll fix that. But well, thanks to Joe, now we know what we're doing. Yeah, we should actually hire him to help us. Thanks to Joe, I'm going to go home now and update my MySpace account, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, just, it's time. Well, right? we've I'll connected a, with Joe. i put a sappy song on and some pictures. It'll what be like song old times. did you used to have? I never had a MySpace account. You didn't? No, no. Wait, did that skip your time? No, that was my time, and I just never chose to go there. I've never been on like that social side of things. Is like that why you love LinkedIn so much? Because now you're like, I missed out on MySpace. I have to make well, up can, for I, it. Well, I can professionally release myself to the world. Oh, yeah. Okay, so very professional side, but we don't get still, we get to know nothing personal about Rob. We're going to do an interview with Rob one day. We should do an interview with Rob and Jess. Joe was great. Really glad we had him in here. And uh, I think we're going to see Joe a couple more times because we have to get him back to talk to students, I think. 
Yeah, I think that it would be very valuable for students to understand the opportunities that there are and also some clarity about AI and how it may or really may not be impacting their their current and future work opportunities. Hey, guys, so I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode of Beyond the Brown and Gold. We'll check you out next time. You've been listening to Beyond the Brown and Gold on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You can find more episodes on your favorite podcasting platforms by searching for Beyond the Brown and Gold or Rowan Radio On Demand.